0: In terms of me managing with it, I wasn't okay. I wasn't (laughs) cooking. See, before you drop my daughter in preschool, in like an hour or two hours, you're supposed to go and pick her up. So what's the point? Some days I'll sit down in in the parking lot and wait for her to go to school. Then this one is crying, screaming, I want my aunties in Nigeria. Like, you know, it was just a whole lot for me. How would you cook? Clean, be mommy go to school network with, with people like settle in find places walk around figure and you'll still be okay i wasn't okay
1: have you ever wondered what it's like to be behind every single thing you know and start a new life in a foreign country from my experience it can be a struggle on the Newcomers Podcast, I'll be sharing my story as well as the stories of other immigrants. We'll be talking about the joys and struggles of starting up fresh. My name is Dozier, and I'm looking forward to being your host. What's up, everybody? This is Dozier Adebunam, and from the Newcomers Podcast, where I interview immigrants like myself about the experience settling into um, a new country. Today I have a courier Jibe who's been in Canada for a while now. Um thank you for joining us. Um how's it going?
0: Thanks, Dozie, for having me. I'm doing very well, just enjoying the snow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I went out today and some some fella behind me, his car just turned. Yeah. Like he just he just turned. Like I I was just I was just like, what the what the because i like that's that only ha-. like if you told someone that or someone who hasn't been to canada before saw that they'd be like what well, that this guy just drive into the curb but no his car the snow just took him into the curb
0: definitely definitely one of yeah. the shocking things about living in canada and driving here right. yep
1: <laughs> let's talk a bit about that since we started since we started out with the snow. like so tell me about your first time driving in the snow
0: um, so when I came, it literally started snowing. I think the next month, like in October, so winter started very early. So you know how you feel like okay, you can just you know drive normal speed limits, you know you're cruising, and all of a sudden like I couldn't brake at the at the traffic light. Like my my car, it pushed my car forward. And you know the light has changed. People are moving. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. Am I moving forward? Am I moving backwards? I think you know those are humbling experiences.
1: <laughs> I like when you say humbling experiences. I I, I think my first one was because we we got here in February. I think my am f- I, I didn't drive that that first two months, but then when the first winter hit, like full winter, added. I took the car out to, to take my kid to to Kumon or something. And then I get to a roundabout. And I go into the roundabout and I just discover that I, I'm i actually turning the, the steering wheel. But my car has a mind of its own. It's mm-hmm. just going. It's going. And I'm like, okay, just, yeah, okay, please don't, just don't hit someone else's car. Because, you know, you hear enough about insurance and all that stuff. And you're like, you don't even want that to happen to you. Like, where you have to start explaining. Oh, no, it was the, it was the snow and all that. But yeah, let's go back a bit now. Like, Tell me about the last days before you left Nigeria. Like, how were how you feeling? Excited, worried, scared, not sure?
0: I think I was more tired than anything really um, because I left during the pandemic. Um, at yeah. this point, we had probably bought like four tickets. Um, you buy the first ticket, they cancel the flight. Maybe they say mm-hmm. the flight is not going to leave so it was just a whole lot finally you know getting a ticket that we knew we could fly on we were all just very tired yeah, i think is <laughs> the days leading up to leaving nigeria i was tired um i just wanted to just go and know that i've gone you know so mm-hmm. and obviously you know how it is you're packing up your whole life um and moving to a new country what are, what are you taking what are you not taking um, trying to say your final goodbyes, if you can, at least for that time. Um, it it was it was just a a whole lot for me, but I, I think that more than anything, I just wanted to get on that plane because I had probably delayed my trip for not for six months or seven months at this time. So yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, just just curious to to, to find out how you. What was your criteria for what you take and what you won't take with with you on your trip?
0: <sighs> no criteria, really. Um, I just <laughs> I just took things that were very personal to me. What I ended up doing though was I shipped a lot of things. So I took the ones that I could take on the flight. Then I packed the ones I was going to ship, um, including shipping a chair. I know <laughs> it sounds very you shipped crazy. a chair. Yes, I did. <laughs> Um, Why? It, it it was made with um with a, not a um what's this uh, I've forgotten the name of the fabric.
1: Is it uh the, the Ashoke? Um, it was
0: made with Ashoke and um, by a Nigerian designer Ilayla. Um, oh. And I wanted a piece of home, um here, yeah. so it was a lot shipping it, but I I just wanted it here to remind me <laughs> remind the kids of where we're coming from so
1: yeah that's that's super interesting that's a really interesting story you know shipping should the part of home down here and and when you landed how did you feel like what was that first night like like oh i'm here or like now we have to start all over again
0: i might not be the conventional person because i landed the first time the year before okay. right or over a year before I we came back to settle properly. And when we landed the first time, you know, it was the whole excitement and all of that. And I went to the Calgary Stampede. I think that's what sealed the game for me. And everybody was so nice. It felt like the universe was just uh, conspiring to make us live in Calgary. Things went so well. We were here for like six days or thereabouts. So, um coming back was like i was coming back to calgary again right so i didn't really we didn't really feel so much with the jet lag and all of that i think it was a few days after that that thing started making sense you know you don't have a job anymore <laughs> <laughs> you've left your life in the yeah. country you're coming from um, You know, your planning, how do you settle down? How do you get this? How do you get that? Fortunately, I had done the bank accounts. I had done the sin. You know, it was more of like getting my driver's license. And and what else? Getting the kids into school um, that we were really thinking about and finding a place to live. But yeah. that, that's about, you know, what we were worrying about, you know, opposed to a, a traditional... Newcomer that will have to figure out the sin, get a phone, and all of that. So yeah.
1: So 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 do, do you think that it's better to come first, settle the spell like a week or two, then go back, and come again finally, or you just pack your bags? Like I I just packed, you just packed our bags, everything. I just keep.
0: <laughs> it it depends on your situation. Like there's no no one-size-fits-all right mm-hmm. um at the time we were we were landing we were not ready to leave our jobs we were still you know very much wanting to live in nigeria and knowing that we had a bit of time to stay out before you know it would be a problem staying out of canada then it just gave us more time but i'll say one thing though what it helped us do was plan we were able to plan our finances um, we landed, mm. yes, but what we now did was that, okay, we're going to move at this particular time, save up. um, If we're not going to work for six months, can we survive, rent, food, kids, all of that? So that's basically how we planned. And I'm grateful for that. I, I don't think that it would have happened that way if we had just moved immediately, even though we had our proof of funds, right? It just gave us that extra time to really be- beef up and and just be ready and i'm I'm very grateful for that because it helps me you know i wasn't under a lot of pressure you know when we moved to find a job and all of that i i more or less spent that time just wrapping my mind around settling in um you know having to stay with the kids at home instead of having help uh th- that one <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're going to come to that. We'll come to that. <laughs> come to that. <laughs> we'll come to that. We'll come to that. It shocks everywhere, right? Like just having to, how it is in Nigeria where we all have helps. And then you come here and you're like, damn, you have to do this by yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, let's not jump. I wanted to go back to something you said about it all starts to make sense. I really like how you put it when you say it all starts to make sense. You know how when you just come and then it starts to make sense. Oh, wow. I have to start job hunting. I have to start doing this. Like so, how how did you manage that? Like, was it overwhelming, or it was just? Um, I mean, it, it feels like you had, a some time to plan. Um, so I just want to just get a sense of how you manage that process. Where when it all starts to make sense, all the stuff you need to do, you're done with the jet lag, and now you just need to get moving. Like, so how how did you manage that process? Which is like settling in a way. I think there
0: were a lot of things going on with me, so I had come from a really high stressful job in Nigeria um, where my life was wrapped around the pandemic so this was just my opportunity to kind of rest and get things you know get get myself back because I was just on the go for a couple of months so because of that I had already planned in my mind I wasn't going to stress out about a lot of things like I was just going to take things easy, you know. In short, for some for some months I felt like uh, I can do this stay-at-home mom thing, you <laughs> I'm not working, I'm not thinking about. <laughs> you know, between between September and December, when we came, I probably applied to only three jobs. And I'm just being very honest. <laughs> And it was out of duress when I started thinking, ah, okay. (laughs) I'm sitting down at home, like, what was happening, though? after when I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. I I don't, if I go to work now, they'll fire me because I don't, like, the mental headspace is not there. But what I did differently was that I started networking. So instead of working, I, I was networking instead. Um... I actually got a coach um, and that coach also just helped me in getting into the Canadian market because she was in um, in communications, the field I, I also work in. So she helped me get into the market. She introduced me to a whole lot of people. So I'll set up coffee dates when the kids are in school. Um, so instead of working on all of that, the conventional way, that was what I was using my time to do reaching out to people, telling them my story, telling them what I've done, joining some associations and just, you know, that's what I did pretty much very early on. But also i would mention I was doing a, um, a diploma program at UBC. So all of these things were already a lot to be honest. So I didn't want to um, have to deal with going to school, managing the kids and, you know, I'm also setting up all these networking with job hunting so those were i started my program when i was in nigeria so i was already doing it so it wasn't like you know i came here and i just started so that that was um so i had already planned my head okay i'm in school there's something i'm i'm working towards my goal because you know canadian experience is a is a very big thing so school was also that my one leg in into getting canadian experience although it was a program that i really wanted to do
1: oh cool cool now let's talk about the kids <laughs> settling in because <laughs> you know i i hear this thing where people say when you come with older kids it's a bit hard at settling so how was your first child when you when you landed here
0: um he was six yeah cool
1: mm-hmm. So how was it, like, settling in new environment where the kids were excited, I'm sure?
0: They were very excited. And, and, and you know, one thing I have to say about children, they are more resilient than us. Um, the move hits me so much more than my kids, although I'll come to that, you know, properly. Um, they settled in faster because I have a sibling here um, who has kids of about the same age with my kids. And during the pandemic, they are not really meeting so many people or doing a lot of, but they were hanging out with their cousins. So settling in for them was really good and fun because they had people to play with, talk to, and do a whole lot of stuff. But where I think um, was very challenging for them was school, especially with my son. So I struggled and he struggled a whole lot because Initially, school was, at least his teacher, was expecting so much of him. Um, He can't wear his snow pants. He can't wear his jacket. He can't wear boots, you know, and will be complaining. And I said to the teacher at the point, I was like, in Nigeria, it doesn't snow. This guy doesn't know any of these things, right? It would obviously take him a while to to adjust um, and all of that. So you can't expect that he would just all of a, a sudden start doing all these things. And yeah. he also had a tough time in school um, I felt that he was bullied slightly, you know, so it was, it was a lot for us and for him at least in that first semester. Um, yeah. But, you know, one of the things that I'll say to parents is to pay great attention to your kids Right, So I was talking to Mm -hmm. them a whole lot. So he would open up, how was your day? This person shoved me. This happened to me. So with that, I will go as a Nigerian mom and go to war. And I go to war in front of him. (laughs) So he knows that I have his back at any point in time. So I let him know, this is what I'm going to come and do. I'm going to come to your school. And this is what I'll do. I'm going to call everybody even got to a point I had to call like, you know, the district handling that particular school and say, pull my child out, send them to this other school. This is where I want them to go. And that was basically when everybody started running around. So that was difficult for me, but I we settled in, in the next semester. Also, also, I think school also noticed that, you know, the mom wasn't very all right. So, so everybody had to, <laughs> everybody had to, you know, adjust I just... themselves, including the principal calling me every two weeks to tell me how my son is doing in school. Yeah. So, um... So that was rough. But my daughter, on the other hand, was in preschool. She loved it. Um, but her teacher would call me sometimes and tell me she would cry in class. She's missing Lagos. She's missing, you know, her auntie oh. and things like that. So, you know, it, it, it was really tough on her. And even till now, we're still getting over that that hump
1: Phase. of...
0: of you know leaving Nigeria like that um but in terms of me managing with it I wasn't okay I wasn't cooking (laughs) (laughs) see before you drop my daughter in preschool in like an hour or two hours you're supposed to go and pick her up so what's the point some days I'll sit down in the in the parking lot and wait for her to go to school then this one is crying, screaming. I want my aunties in Nigeria. Like, you know, it was just a whole lot for me. How would you cook, clean, be mommy, go to school, network with, with people, like, settle in, find places, walk around, figure, and you'll still be okay. I wasn't okay. Clean the house. Yeah. I wasn't okay. This wasn't. These were not things I was used to doing in Nigeria at yeah. all. Because, you know, the way Nigeria is, you have, you can outsource a whole lot of things and it, you, you're you yeah. not breaking bank. Um, yeah. So that was really, really tough for me. And also a culture shift for my husband to who, you know, technically we're not doing all of these things in Nigeria. Then all of a sudden we come here and we're fully responsible for everything. It was tough. Yeah. It was very tough. <laughs>
1: i love the honesty because yeah it's it's the truth like it's the adjustment is most people don't talk about it but the adjustment is wild like moving from lagos to calgary is a is a different eons apart in everything like how you raise the kids and how much you're involved in raising the kids and how much you're involved in the home like it's a different thing yeah you know and yeah i i love the honesty about like yeah it's tough like it's not it's not something you just get up and just start doing the next thing
0: and and the thing about it is that when when we came and i think what made it a lot more difficult for me was that when we came my husband went back to nigeria for another five weeks four to five weeks so i was here alone with the kids right with him being around you know two people you're putting head together you're doing every it makes life like it's not easy but life is much much more bearable like like now we have our routine where we even without saying anything we kind of you know just sort everything out and and you know you can see that everything is working well but being with them by myself here Um, I think what really helped me was I had support system. I had my sister here. Sometimes, you know, I'll just go and drop the kids there and be like, I can't deal with this right now. (laughs) Please (laughs) take care of your niece and your nephew. Um, um, (laughs) So I I think, to be honest, like when people ask me, that was the biggest challenge I had moving abroad. Um, I had lived abroad before, went to college, all of that. But you know, what I noticed was I was always moving by myself. So it's different, but this time around you're moving, you're responsible for humans, um, it's completely yeah. it's different. You're thinking, if I'm going out, I have to plan myself like from point A to B to C, because you need to make sure they are sorted. They are eating three times a day. Me, I can go, you know, eat once a day and be all right. You know, so all of these things are, are definitely, you know, those big challenges that you, you face with kids here.
1: Mm. Yeah. What of job hunting? How did that go? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, you had, you had done, you, had, you went to, you, you did a diploma program. Was that helpful? That helped deal with career experience?
0: By the time I started job hunting properly, I hadn't finished my diploma um i was still okay. in school uh you know because i had spoken to a whole lot of people i kind of understood how to look for a job slightly differently so i was basically looking for jobs where i knew people um if i don't know someone in a company the likelihood of applying to that company was very low for me because number 1 i I would try to get a referral if possible. um, Try to even speak to the people about the company, culture, pay and all of that, just to understand if even somewhere I want to work. Um, And basically, I think that these things helped me a lot because sometimes I would have coffee chats with the hiring manager because the friend would be like, oh, I can introduce you to the hiring manager. You have a conversation. Maybe you see that it's not something that is is of interest to you or you applied you don't get picked but at the same time i know that i've made that contact um when i started from the time i started job hunting properly to when i got a job was like maybe three months um and i ended up getting a job where i knew someone like i literally had been seeing this um job on link linkedin for two three weeks and i ignored it finally i was like ah there's a connection I have here. Let me call her and see. And I called her and she was like, oh my gosh, you know what? That's the role I'm leaving. to so another role within the organization. She's like, let me speak to HR. She called HR and HR was like, yeah, tell her to still apply. And I applied and they called me within two days for an interview. Give or take in like two weeks, we had concluded that process and I got the job. Um. So, and and it's been, it's been um it's been a running tread. Although like I've also gotten headhunted on LinkedIn as well. Um, but those initial times and the way the Canadian culture is, those personal relationships are very important or the referrals important. at least. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I think refer I think one, one big shock for me when I moved here. I mean, I do know it happens in Nigeria, referrals and all, but it's so it's so point blank here, like hey, referrals will be a much better route into a company for you. I mean, you can always get a job
0: you, if you can like,
1: and get through the interviews and stuff, you will, but building a network here it's super important, especially yep. for an immigrant starting to get into the market.
0: Definitely, and, and the network also networking also helps me, like maybe with moms and and dads as well, just even understanding you know, what are the things to do for the summer, what type of schools, Um, you know, I had a good idea of the type of school I wanted my kids to go to, but, you know, activities, you know, even thinking about high school, middle school, these are conversations where I was having with other parents, (laughs) where to even live in Calgary, right, Um, you know, these are people who are um, who have lived here for years. So it was really good. That networking was really good. And the people were very open to have these type of conversations as well. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I do see that every now and then, or your Instagram is basically full of immigration (laughs) advice. Talk to me about that. Like, I know you do have something called Numa. I've seen it. Numa immigration. Tell me about that. You know, what is that all about?
0: So I have been mentioning that I was in school. Um, so before yeah. I left Nigeria, uh, people that knew that I had applied for my permanent residency and I was moving to Canada, they would always come to me. Oh, can you he help me? You know, put me through the process. And I remember one of my yeah. friends called me and she was like, "Look, I hear people have been calling you. You have to monetize it." I was, I was oh, like,
1: "Nice, that's a great." I was friend. like, "What
0: do you mean by that?" <laughs> she said, "No, no, I have lawyer friends. Your husband is a lawyer too. Get them to." go and register a business you know and she was so strict me i'm usually very carefree about all those things i'm like no no it felt so strange because i'd never really imagined that i would you know open a business all of that i'll work (laughs) for people rise to the top become ceo Um, i took her seriously but one of the things that um i thought about very quick very very quickly and um, while I was trying to register my business in all honesty, was that how do I become a a consultant in Canada? Are there laws and policies that guide it? Um, then I realized, oh, there's a I need to get a license and there's an exam I needed to take for my license. And because of that, I now started doing more research and realized I had to go to school first before mm. even passing mm. the exams. And then I could even register for, you know, the proper <laughs> licensing exam. So that's where I started looking into the schools and I applied to the University of British Columbia. So I started my course online um, when I was still in Nigeria. So I finished that, um, you know, after a year and basically now wrote my licensing exam, passed my licensing exam and got licensed so NUMA is <laughs> is a registered business <laughs> basically like an immigration and citizenship um consulting and basically what we do is to, um help people who want to move to Canada or stay in Canada um to mm-hmm. do it the right way basically
1: any success stories so far? We have
0: loads of success stories. That I can't even remember, but at least if someone follows me at know My Immigration, they'll see all of these. <laughs> because... no, tell me,
1: tell me the best. Tell me, tell me your best one. Tell me the one that when you think about it, you you feel so you feel fulfilled because you talk with someone passionate about this immigration thing. So tell me the success story that when you think about it, you're like that was a good one.
0: You know. Every story is unique for me. I can't say that there's okay. a particular one that you know hasn't been unique because they come with its challenges, right? Um there's there's one that I recently talked about um on my page, uh a young boy from ABA. Um I was born and raised in ABA in, in Nigeria, and <laughs> you know, I heard about him. He had gotten I think maybe seven A1s or eight in Wayek or something ridiculous like that. And uh, my mom owns a school in in Aba, and it was one of her students. You know, she was telling us about her results, how they did very well and all of that. And I said, "Ah, which student is this? And she told me, I was like, no, he can't go to school in Nigeria. And that's where we picked up the conversation. I actually did that pro bono. Um. what a lot of people don't know from the admissions i was like if you're going to have this type of grades you have to aim for the ivy leagues in canada basically he applied to maybe like five or six schools he got into almost all of them um except one which are they've never responded till today but they are lost yeah. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and he got into the University of Toronto and they gave him a 190000 in scholarship. Um, Jeez. And that was mind-blowing for all of us because we're here, you know, just saying, okay, let's see what will happen. You just try your luck. You know, I will guide you as much as I can. But he, he did a lot of the heavy lifting because he, he's a really smart boy, right? All I just did was, you know you can go to school in another country these are the possibilities and also just being able to work on that application as well like the visa application um bit of it for him and his dad who has you know never been to the um to the americas at least for his dad him he had never been anywhere and um having that success story. And you know, a lot of people will just see him probably and not know that he graduated from secondary school, never even imagining or like even dreaming about you know going to school in another country. And at some point I remember the dad was just like, no, he can just go to UNEC or something and do medicine. I said, No, this boy can go to school abroad he can go to school in Canada specifically. I wasn't even trying to sell the U.S. or anything mm. of that sort. I think that that one is always one that is very is very dear to my heart. And, you know, he keeps in touch. He'll tell me, this is how I did, you know, semesters. And <laughs> this past semester, I said to him, because he just started in September, I said to him, I'm very proud of you. Because to be getting those type of grades at the U of T, um, is not is not a walk in the park at all, so you know that's that's definitely one that um, that stands out for me.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, before we before we close out, I, just, I was just going to ask you the last sure. question, which is, um, can you close out what like what's the one thing you would do differently with hindsight now, like if you look back, what would you do differently?
0: Can you qualify that, as in? my
1: anything like my if we're thing. moving, moving me
0: and stuff
1: anyone just say i mean you i'm sure there are probably maybe maybe there are a lot or maybe there's one but anyone you would do differently with hindsight of having spent the past couple of years here what would you do differently
0: to see that's a very difficult question for me
1: Okay, that's, that's fine. And, that's and fair. That's a fair answer. It's difficult
0: for me because I had a lot of support, you know, here, right? That guidance yeah. kind of helped me not to to make a lot of mistakes that I, I see people make, right? Um, and also that I had lived in the U.S., so Can- Canada is very similar. Um, so that it, it just felt like I was going to another state in the U.S. for me. So I'm not really sure that I'm um, the textbook case, you know, to be saying in hindsight, oh, because I wouldn't have moved earlier, right? I prefer that I planned and, and did that move <laughs> when when I was <laughs> supposed to, um, to do it. I think what I would have done differently in this whole ecosystem is that when I was moving to Paris and Singapore, I should have moved to Canada to go and do my master's. that's what i would have done differently (laughs) i could have come earlier even the fact that i stayed in the u.s for about what six years or something and i never thought about even crossing the border to come to canada i thought about (laughs) it also because i was on a road trip with my friend but i didn't get a visa i didn't do anything about it and and those are the things that i regret that i'm still paid till today (laughs) because this is like I moved probably like 10 years after the fact or 11 years but you know timing is timing and I am grateful for the experiences I had before coming here anyways
1: so yeah yeah. all right that that was a good (laughs) one thank you so much thank you for doing this and thank you for the the honesty, honest and thank you for just sharing how you, you felt. Like I will not forget the statement. It was tough.
0: Like <laughs>
1: thank you for thank that.
0: You. <laughs> Thanks for having me I and mean, have a great day. Oh. Uh, thank you. Have a have a good one. All okay. right. Bye.